Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to grab your Bibles this evening and I'm going to go through quite a journey tonight, but as you take your Bibles, I would like you to first go to um, Genesis. No, actually, no, I'm going to send you to, I'm going to send you on to Numbers. Numbers 13, would you go there tonight? Numbers 13. And I want you to hold your place. I want to speak to you tonight about possessing your inheritance and your territory, possessing your inheritance and territory, taking the high ground, taking the high ground. As you found your place in Numbers, I'm going to be reading out of the book of Proverbs. If you have the Passion Translation tonight, my first portion of Scripture that I feel like I really want to lay as a foundation for the house is found in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 22. And I feel like this is the right um, ingredient or the right color to begin to start painting on the canvas tonight to see what God wants to orchestrate and what God wants to paint for us in the realm of our heart so that we can see and receive. It's a powerful scripture here. Are you there? Is it behind me? Proverbs 20, 21 and verse 22. There it is. It says, A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases regional breakthrough, breaking down the strongholds of the mighty. Isn't that powerful? One more time. Let's read it together. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases regional breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. So, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We are so thankful for the power of your word in our lives and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, even now for your fire that burns in this word and moves and breathes in this word and power and equip tonight. Lord, encourage the dreamer in this house. Encourage the pioneer in this house. Mm. Holy Spirit, awaken the hearts of men in this room. Holy Spirit, awaken hearts of women in this room. Move upon hearts tonight. Lord, I know that you far exceed even what I'm going to be able to convey in the natural. But I thank you that your word is life. And your word is light. And your word is powerful. And your word, Lord, tonight will cut between the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit. Take us on a journey tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. A warrior, he's that's filled with wisdom. He ascends into the high place and he releases regional breakthrough, breaking down the strongholds of the mighty. I want to say from the very beginning tonight, 
that God has placed the blessing of inheritance in every one of us. God has placed within every one of us the blessing of an inheritance in the hearts of every son and daughter of God that we would possess and take possession of territory naturally and spiritually. It is, it is in your spiritual DNA to take natural and spiritual territory. How many of you know that? That's, that's how God made you. That's how God knit you together to that you would actually have a spiritual appetite within you. You would have a hunger and an appetite to apprehend natural territory and spiritual territory for your life and for the life of your family, the life of your lineage and your heritage and your posterity, your children and your legacy after you, but also that you would you would gain an appetite for victory and possessing territory for the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. It's in your DNA. It's in you right now. Part of this blessing, it literally comes as God spoke over his masterpiece creation of Adam and Eve in the very beginning in Genesis 1. You can find this in verse 28. And I'm reading out of the New King James in Genesis 1, 28. He says, and then God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. I think in the King James, it says everything that creeps upon the earth. Isn't it great to know that you have authority and dominion over creeps? I, I, I'm sorry, I messed that up. So I, I, went, I went sideways, sorry. I want to speak to your destiny tonight, and I want to speak and awaken your warrior heart tonight. I want to speak to the warriors that God would, would move you and woo you in his wisdom that you would begin to ascend and take the high ground that is already yours. Take the high ground that has been promised to you and that is earmarked for your blessing, for your family that God has chosen for you to walk in. Now, I'm going to give you a scripture in Genesis 22. Brian, you told us numbers, I know, but I'm, I'm going to give you another one. Are you with me? In Genesis 22, this is actually a blessing that is spoken over Abraham, and it's found in verses 17 through 19. This is very powerful. He said, blessing, it's, it's behind me tonight, blessing, I will bless you and multiply, and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and of the sand which is on the seashore. Man, these words are so beautiful. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemy. you got to see this from the very beginning. Remember, this is in your spiritual DNA. This is who we are as a family. We're not reading about somebody so far off. No, this is our family story. This is our lineage. This book that you've just opened, this is our history book. This is our story. This is our family. This is our father, Abraham. He said, I'm going to give you a promise. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. And in your seed... All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Woo! Your obedience releases blessing. Your obedience releases blessing. Your obedience releases blessing. 
So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose, and they went to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt in Beersheba. This is powerful. See, this is another picture of that warrior that's filled with wisdom who ascends to the high places and releases regional blessing. Because he said, within your DNA, my son, within your very DNA, my daughter, you're going to possess the gates of your enemy. This is all about taking territory. Natural and spiritual. It's all about taking the territory. But tonight I want to use these, these mighty men that we know as Joshua and Caleb, and it's found in the book of Numbers, and you're there tonight. And I want to use them as a prophetic canvas for this message this evening. And what we find is in, in Numbers chapter 13, and you're there, Joshua and Caleb, they're along with ten other men, they are, they're actually sent and they're commissioned by the Lord, but by Moses, by the word of the Lord. And it says that they were commissioned for 40 days. And in verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe and to their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So notice that, a leader. Notice that. There were 12 leaders that went. One from each tribe. Jacob, or excuse me, uh, Joshua and Caleb are part of this leadership. Now you drop down, and, and many of us know this story, but let's engage it afresh tonight. Can we do that? Verse 26, are you with me? And now they departed. They came back to Moses. They've been gone 40 days. Verse 26, they departed. They came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and of Kadesh. And they brought back the word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And then they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and truly it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Adak. Ah, this is when, this is when the, the, the score in the movie uh, really goes dark. And it goes, bah, bah, bah. Are you with me? We saw the descendants of Anak there and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. One more time. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. That's called a man of faith. That's what faith sounds like. Touch somebody who says, that's what faith sounds like. But when the men who had gone up with them said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we, they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Actually, in the King James Version, it says that they gave Moses an evil report. That's, that's strong language. They gave an evil report. 
And I submit this to you. This is the Brian Gibbs commentary here. But I submit to you the reason why God said it was an evil report is was because they refused to say what God had said and promised over them. And so when God heard them say the opposite of what God had said, this is yours. The high grounds for your taking, your inheritance, your posterity is before you. It's yours for the taking. Move forward. Advance. Go. They said, no, we're not able to do this. So they gave the children of Israel a bad report. And the land which they had spied out, saying, the land which we have gone has spies, uh, as spies in the land that devours its, inherit, its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are great, are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, that came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. <laughs> we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. Wow. Now I want you to go to chapter 14, if you will. We're going to be reading some scripture tonight, so use your Bibles. Amen? Amen? All right, 14, verse 1. So all the congregation, they lifted up their voices and they cried. <laughs> and the people wept that night. They were affected by what they heard. They were affected by a bad report, which God says was evil. All the congregation, they lifted up their voices, they cried, they, they wept all that night. And all the children of Israel, they complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, oh, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. <laughs> wow. How would you like to be pastoring this motley crew? <laughs> yeah, so encouraging. Pastoral 101. You're welcome, Moses and Aaron. Here you go. Oh, if only we just had died in the land of, of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why? Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our, our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Wow. There is so much death in their confession. There is so much wrong with this confession. They're literally giving up on their God-given destiny. It's sobering, isn't it? Thank God that we have these scriptures to learn from as a warning. Say amen. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And so they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. That's, that's a bad day. I mean, Moses, I mean, I mean, you rocked it. You brought us out under that Passover lamb's blood. We came out with all the silver and gold and the treasury of Egypt. We came through the wilderness, and here, this is what they're saying. Let us now select a leader and return to Egypt. I mean, I mean can you feel this? Can you, can you feel this? Man, I feel this. And then Moses and Aaron, they fell on their faces. I think that, that's probably exactly what me and Bren would have did. 
They fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, were among those who spied out the land, and they tore their clothes. Ha! Radicals. Here we come. The faith men. Ha! The faith men. They tore their clothes. They were sick of hearing what they were hearing. They were disgusted with what they were hearing. Mm. They spoke to the congregation, to the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out, it is exceedingly a good land. And if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land, and he will give it to us, a land which flows with milk and with honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Wow. There's some good leadership, hey? Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. That's some men saying, I have an appetite for victory. I've got an appetite for victory. They will be our bread. Oh, oh, their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. You see what they saw? It's the complete opposite of what everyone else said. Oh, we can't do this. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Then two men of God, full of faith, stand up and says, we're well able to go in and take the land and possess it. It's ours. And by the way, they're like bread for us. And I got an appetite. Let's go. Throw some oil on that bread. Glory to God and some herbs. And I'm staying in this room, not Carabas. We'll do that afterwards. Hallelujah. They're like bread. That means pour some more oil. That's what that means. <laughs> Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation, oh, it gets worse. They said to stone them with stones. Leadership's amazing. <laughs> hey, I'm here to encourage you guys. I'm here to strengthen you. We can do this. We got this. We're going to eat them up. Uh, you know, let's just grab a stone. I'm just not into what, I'm not into this dude. I'm not into Caleb. I, I'm not into J- Joshua. Are you kidding me? Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I read these things and I'm baffled. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting. Everybody say, thank God. Say it again, thank God. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Now I'm going to have your eyes drop down to verse 24. Verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, And he has followed me fully. I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. I want you to see it one more time. Let your eyes and your heart fall across these words. But my servant Caleb, he has a different spirit in him. And he's followed me fully. That means diligent. That means nothing lacking. He's followed me fully. 
I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. I want you to see that last word there. It says, his descendants shall inherit it. I want you to see this is a generational inheritance of blessing. It's a generational inheritance of blessing. You want to write it down tonight. I want to stop here for a moment and kind of probe, and I want, to, I want to ask you a question. I want you to write it down tonight. I want to ask you this question. What is average? What is, what is average? <clears throat> average is where the majority of people live their lives. <laughs> average is actually the best of the worst and the worst of the best. Average is generally reached with very little effort. Have you ever noticed that? Average can be reached with very little effort. I will tell you that average is, um, it is the safe place. How many of you learned that? Okay, I'm going to try this side. Lord, have mercy. Uh, average is the safe place. How many of you know that? You can, get to, you can get to the safe place really quick if you just if you go average. Average causes us to want to just fit in. Are you with me? Average, average causes people not to cause waves. Uh-huh. Average will, ca- will cause you not to cause waves. Average will cause you just to pacify the people all around you. Average can be easily achieved. Average will actually make friends with other average people so that they can settle in together very nicely. Average will ruin a pioneer spirit. I want to say it again. Average will ruin a pioneer spirit. You are not called to be settlers. You are called to be pioneers, and that's the spirit that is within you. You have the spirit of the pioneer running through your veins, coursing through your veins with territory to take in the natural and in the spiritual that God is saying, this is your inheritance. Do not back away from it. Do not shy away from it. I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to give this to your seed and those who follow you. It's a generational blessing. Average is an unfulfilling life. Average is an unfulfilling life. Average will never truly reach for the fullness of the God-given potential that is on the inside of you. Jesus gives this, put it in your notes tonight, you can find this in Matthew 25, but Jesus gives us this very interesting, sobering parable about three workers, and they are given talents. You tracking with me? One's given five, one's given two, one's given one. You remember this? But Jesus gives a very sobering analogy about their stewardship. Say stewardship. How they watched over, really, an inheritance that was given to them. And when you listen to the words of Jesus, what you find is that God was not one bit pleased with the the guy that hid his talent in the dirt. Why did he do that? Because of fear of failure. He hid his talent in the dirt because of fear 
of failure. God is more pleased with those who take risk and took the master's money and made it increase, and it brought the master joy. And he said, because you did it, I'm going to give you more. I want, I want you to hear it again. God wants to reward you. God wanted to reward the children of Israel with an inheritance that was beyond their wildest imaginations, to give them a land of milk and honey. And he says, it's theirs for the taking. But fear started talking. Fear leaders, ten leaders stood up. Fear started talking. Fear, 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 fear. Made the people weep all through the night. They didn't know what they were going to do with themselves. We can't do this. We, we need to go back. We need to go backwards. Oh, man, I wish we had leaders that would just lead us back to Egypt. Are you kidding me? Wow. Wow. Do we need to hear this in 2020? <laughs> Someone once said these words. They said, the difference between successful people and average people can be summed up in three words. Here's the three words, and then some. And then some. Average people do what's expected of them. Can you hear this tonight? Average people do what's expected of them. Successful people do what is expected, and then they and then some. I want to tell you what the and then some really is. It's called faith plus action is good works. It's faith and action. It's faith and action. Average people, they fulfill their responsibilities, but successful people, they do what is needed and then some. That means they activate their faith. They use their faith to apprehend. They don't just sit around talking about their faith. They don't just sit around talking about their faith. They take their faith that God has given them and they move it into action to apprehend territory. Exactly what Leah Ish is doing here tonight, standing before us saying, hey, will you partner with me? Will you make a difference in the education mountain? She's taking her faith. She's taking her prayers. She's taking her intercession. She's taking her fasting. She wants to take your dollars. (laughs) Say amen. (laughs) That was pretty good. Leah, that wasn't even premeditated. I mean, I was just really in a flow. Did you see that? It's powerful. (laughs) God does not want you and I living ordinary lives. Hate to crash your party. Ha ha. He doesn't want you living an ordinary life. He wants to involve you in his supernatural wonder work in life. But it's going to require faith and action. And I want you to see that Caleb had a different spirit. Caleb had a different spirit about him. And tonight I want you to write it down. It is the spirit of faith. The different spirit is the spirit of faith because the spirit of faith is what pleases God. Caleb was not a man that was average. And I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he could have been, but he chose not to be. Men of God, can you hear this tonight? Caleb had the opportunity to be average, but he chose not to be. Women of God, you have the opportunity all the time to be average. May you choose not to be. Mm. You know, if, if, if Caleb would have been average, guess what? We probably never would have heard of him. <laughs> Are you with me tonight? He says, this is what God says of him. I want you to look at the scripture again, Numbers 14, 24. He says, Caleb, 
He's got a different spirit in him, and he's followed me fully. And I'm going to bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. you got to see it tonight. A different spirit, the spirit of faith. When God talks about Caleb, he mentions seven times that God says he followed me fully. When he's talking about inheriting the land, what is he saying? I'm giving him a promise to apprehend. And then he says, your descendants is going to have this. Again, I've got to say it again. There's a generational blessing for you. There's a generational blessing for you. We want to live, we want to live our lives. We want to think generationally. We want to live generationally. We want to think generationally. We want to live generationally. Even in our young life, that the decisions we make today, our children are going to follow tomorrow, that we can take them like an arrow out of the quiver and thrust them into the future. What kind of an inheritance are we going to release them into? What kind of a generational blessing? What kind of heritage, what kind of posterity will they apprehend? Where will they go? They can only go in faith. Look how, look how Caleb stood out. I love how God talks about him, and he stood out. Mm. Instead of saying how small that they were compared to the giants, Caleb said, look how small the giants are compared to God. Come on. Here's, here's our choices tonight. Letter A, we can get so transfixed on our problems. Letter B, we can get so transfixed on ourselves. Or letter C, we can totally fix our gaze upon God. You decide. You decide. But as for me and my house, I've chosen I'm going to put my, my, my eyes fully fixed upon the Lord, regardless of what the circumstances look like. So you guys know the story. It says that the people of God, the children of Israel, they rebelled and they wandered for 40 years. That's amazing, isn't it? They rebelled against God and they wandered for 40 years. So I want you to write this down tonight. Faith is not just positive thinking. Faith is not just positive thinking. Faith is not just optimism. <laughs> Man, I like that guy. He's so optimistic. No, faith is not just optimism. Faith is not just looking at the bright side. Faith is action and trusting and believing in what God has promised and said. I need an amen in here. I heard a man of God say this years ago, and I, I never, I've never forgotten, and I wrote it right away in my journal as I was watching him preach. And he said, perhaps one of the greatest joys of God is to be believed. That's a mighty word. In Numbers 14, in verse 9, I'm going to read a few more verses here. It says, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said, let's take stones to stone them. And that, then the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. See, here's the key, folks. Many believers claim to have great faith up to the point that they're summoned to a fight. Are you hearing this? And there is a fight to take territory. 
Oh, there's a fight to take territory. There's a fight to take your promise. There's a fight on your hands to take your inheritance. And a lot of people talk big faith until they recognize you're in a real fight. But i got to encourage somebody in this house, the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Our weapons are not carnal. They're mighty through God. And they've been given to you so that you can pull down strongholds. I want to I give you this picture tonight of the warrior of wisdom ascending into the high places to release that generational blessing, that regional blessing. Ascending into the high place, taking your high place to release the blessing upon a city or the blessing even upon a nation. You wonder why we're standing in the White House two weeks ago? Because we were standing in that place declaring the posterity and the generational blessing coming on America. The blessing of the Lord going forth from that place. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Help me. There's a fight. And the promise was true. The land was theirs. Say it. The land was theirs. You need to say the land is mine. You need to say my territory is mine. It's mine for the taking. It's mine for the taking. I'm going to apprehend my blessing. I'm going to apprehend my promises. I'm going to apprehend my inheritance. And I'm not going to back up from the fight. We have any warriors in this church? I know you are, Dougie. Little Dougie. Have there been promises that you once believed? Promises you once believed, but you shrank back from them because of giants, real obstacles of fear. Real obstacles of fear. You know, even Abraham, our father of faith, was afraid. Even Abraham had fear. Even Abraham lied about his wife being his sister. I mean, I mean, we read these words and we're like, my God, I mean, what, how can you be such a buffoon? Well, you know, f- you know, fear, fear will make you make the worst decisions of your entire life. Fear will make you crumble within. It'll make you dry up. It'll wither your bones. Fear is very dangerous. Fear is very dangerous. And it's not to be tolerated in our lives. Fear is not, my God. Fear is not to be tolerated in your life. And you gotta, you got to be aggressive with it. And you gotta go, you got to tell it to go back where it came from. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No sensei. Thank you very much. Okay, so we're back to the message. Here we go. That was a little commercial. There is high ground to recover. Write it down. There is high ground to recover. There is high ground 
This is fresh bread out of the oven. This is not not stale bread. This is not some message I just pulled out of some file folder. This is me being alone with God and asking God, what do you have for victory? This is fresh bread out of the oven. This is for you tonight. This isn't for Billy Bob over on this side. Oh, I wish so-and-so was here. This is for you. There is high ground to recover. That means there is an inheritance, glory to God. I'm going to strengthen somebody in this room. There is an inheritance for you to recover. Have you ever thought about the high ground of morality that you've got to recover for your family? I have. Have you ever thought about the the high ground of financial blessing and creativity and entrepreneurship and prosperity that God has for your household and your generational line that he wants you to recapture? What about the generational high ground? How about, how about this high ground? The high ground of divine health and living in generational blessing of long life. How many would like to get on some of that right there? The high ground of divine health. The high ground of prosperity. The high ground of walking in integrity and keeping your integrity and your character and your moral high ground throughout your life. How many would want to get on some of that? It was all paid for by the blood of Jesus. And it's ours. But you will have to contend for your inheritance to be made manifest. Don't get angry with God. There's a fight involved. Don't get angry with God about the fight. It's amazing right now how many churches across America from the Carolinas to California want to be lullabied to sleep and told really good stories while we're in the greatest epic warfare that our nation has ever faced. But they don't want to get involved in the fight. You know why? It's going to cause them to, see, we're, we're going to have to do far much more than just being good, good little intercessors and nice prayers, folks. We're going to have to be ones that go out and start roaring like a lion, the word of the Lord, and remind people what the word of God says. That's why our nation is such in a disastrous mess, because we've all gone mute. We've all gone, I'm sorry, I'm spitting on you, my Lord. Back up from you. <laughs> sorry, Mary. Sorry. Sorry, Debbie. Man. Okay, let me regain myself. We have all gone, gone mute. We have all, all gone weak. We've all gone silent. And we've stopped declaring the word of the Lord. <laughs> Folks, you and I are in a very hostile atmosphere and culture right now against the word of God. That doesn't mean that you grow silent. It means that you grow bold. It means that you grow bolder. Notice the judgment that came on the naysayers. I'm still in Numbers 20, uh, 14, 29. He says, the carcass of you who have murmured against me. Whoa, whoa. This is God. This is God. Ready? Remember, remember the people that say, hey, 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 we want new leadership. I'm, I'm not buying this. We want new leadership. Let's go back to Egypt. Oh, God speaks up. God speaks up. He says, the carcass of you who have murmured against me, you're going to fall in the wilderness. Gee whiz. All of you who were numbered according to the entire number from 20 years old and above, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore 
to make you dwell in. That's, that's amazing. And God honors their faith. He says their names. He says, I'm going to honor these two men of faith that stood with me and declared that they believed me. All, all you all, I, that, I was Southern. God, just, God spoke up with his cowboy boots. All y'all, all y'all didn't believe me. He says, hey, your carcasses are going to fall in the wilderness. My God, that's, that's pretty strong. I had a mentor in my life. He asked me a question. He said, Brian, how do you pastor? He says, how do you pastor people who have no destiny? How do, you, how do you pastor? He said, you're, he said, you're always, he, oh, I'm going to say it. He said, you're always going to pastor two congregations. People then are going to go nowhere and do nothing. That's called average. And then you're going to have the people who arise and take territory and move forward in faith aggressively. He said, he said what do you do with people who have no destiny? He said, you just pastor them until they die. That's strong, isn't it? God says, your, your carcasses, they're going to fall in the wilderness. Man, this is sobering stuff. But he acknowledges the men of faith. Caleb and Joshua, they're going in. Victory, we're going in. Come on. Victory, we're going in. Now, I want, I'm going to take you over to Joshua 14. Please go there. Joshua 14. And I've been taking you and kind of weaving you through bits of the story of Caleb's life. But I've got to take you here to fulfill my mission tonight because this is big. Are you in Joshua 14? I'm going to begin in verse 6. And then the children of Judah, they came up to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kizite, said to him, You know the word of the Lord, which was said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. You know the word of the Lord that Moses, the man of God, said. Now, what is he doing? Caleb is reminding now Joshua the word of the Lord. And what you find out, this is 45 years later. We just kind of hit fast forward, and we just zipped through uh, a a lot of wilderness time. (laughs) But right now, we've got Caleb reminding Joshua, you remember that word of the Lord. I was 40 years old. Watch this, verse 7. Are you there? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, he sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him what was in my heart. I love that. I brought back word to him what was in my heart. What was in his heart? Faith. And he believed God. And nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me, they made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. That word holy, it means completely. It means with all diligence. With all diligence, I followed the Lord my God. Wow. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land that where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance and your, look at it, and your children's forever, because you have fully followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, this is Caleb talking, right? Behold, the Lord has kept me alive. 
as he said, these 45 years, Joshua, 45 years later, look at me. Since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day. 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as on that day Moses sent me. Wow! Isn't that powerful? Just as my strength was, so now is my strength for war. Do you see that? He's still got an appetite for bread. (laughs) He's still got an appetite for bread. He's like, ah, never forgot about that meal I was going to have. That happy meal with that little toy on the inside of it. Glory. I got to get that. One with the animal crackers. You know the one, Joshua. Okay, now we're back. Here we go. And so now is my strength for war both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain on which the Lord has spoken that day. And for you heard in that day how Anaakim were there and that the cities were great and they were fortified. It may be. Mm, This is humility here. Do you hear that? This is humility. It may be the Lord will be with me. And I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. That's humble. Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Underline that. As an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became an inheritance for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kizite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Do not miss verse 15. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kirjath Arba. Arba was the greatest man or greatest giant among Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. Wow. Does your life... And does your testimony cause people to have faith and courage? Or does your life and your testimony make people's heart melt within them with fear and unbelief? Do you speak life or do you speak death? We have a responsibility around us, don't we? We are either part of the problem or we are part of the solution. And the solution comes through faith people. This is powerful. And I'm going to take some time on this and I'm going to wrap it up. Because I want you to see this 45 years later, the conversation of faith. He says, look, my, the fire is still burning inside of my chest. I never forgot what God told me. I want to stir this up tonight. I want to stir you up in the Holy Ghost. Never forget what God told you. Never forget what God has promised to you. Never forget what God says is your inheritance. Never forget the dreams that he gave you over you and your children, your posterity, over your legacy. Never forget it. He 
He stirred himself up and he said, Joshua, look, look at me. I'm so young. God has kept my vigor. He has kept my strength. Something that we are not doing around here, well, let me just say it flat out, that we are doing deliberately in this church is we are declaring that we are getting younger. We are getting younger and God is strengthening us because we are waiting upon the Lord. And those who wait upon the Lord, they shall, they shall renew their strength. They will mount up as of wings of eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. Say it with me. They shall walk and they shall not faint. Caleb said, Joshua, look at me. I'm stronger than ever. God has kept me. I have waited on the Lord. I have waited for my promise. I have waited for my inheritance. I have kept that fire and that dream on the inside of me alive. Because God doesn't only have a blessing for me. God has a generational blessing for all my children and their children's children. Now Arba, this is, this is very, very important that we understand this. Hebron, the word Hebron means friendship with God. Write it down. Hebron means friendship with God. And why this is so vitally important is because there were two people that were buried in the city of Hebron. And I want to tell you who they are. They're the patriarch and the matriarch of our faith. It's Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham was called the friend of God. Oh my gosh, let this burn in you tonight. He was called the friend of God. Abraham and Sarah were buried in the high place. Don't forget where we started at the front of this train. We started about, we started talking about wise warriors. Remember that? Wise warriors that ascend into the mountain to release what? A regional breakthrough. Do you remember that? Are you staying with me? So in the conversation, he says, look, my heart is still burning. I'm young, and my feet went to that place. And, and Moses said, Moses made me that promise. Wherever my feet go and trod, one day I will have that as an inheritance. But that area was no longer Hebron. It was now called Kirjath Arba. The city of Arba, that's what Kirjath means, Arba. Arba was one of the worst giant warriors that were the enemies of God's people. And yet here is the man, Caleb, saying, I am still hungry for my fight. I'm still hungry. The Lord has kept me hungry. He's kept my faith vibrant. He's kept me fluid. He's kept me ready. He's kept me stirred. He's kept me strong. He endured. He persevered. He kept his faith burning and alive. And then he says these words. He says, now, Joshua, may the Lord give me this mountain. Wow. In other words, he's saying, give me that stronghold. Wow. The text contains this for us when you look at Caleb. That in this land that he, was, that he was believing for, it was the most frightened area of the spies. When they went and saw the giants, they were absolutely melting on the inside. He had waited 45 years now to obtain this. Think of that. 45 years of waiting has now reached a climax. 
And you get the feeling here in the text that Caleb, (laughs) he's not going to leave until he gets his inheritance. Is there any hungry people out here? You sure? I mean, is there any really, really hungry people out here that is saying, no, 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 no. No, I'm not going to back down until I apprehend all that Jesus died and paid for. That is truly mine. That is truly mine. My divine health, my divine healing, my divine healing for my children, for my household. The providence that God has provided for us. The riches and glory that he has prepared for his children that are beyond anything, our wildest dreams or imagination that God is literally able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we've ever asked or imagined or dreamed or thought. And yet we're just, we're just, we're just stopping so short as settlers rather than apprehending as pioneers what he says, this is yours. But there is a fight involved. There's always going to be a fight until we're on the other side. How can we win, Brian? Because within Caleb, the warfare had ended. In his heart, it was a done deal. How was it a done deal? God said, it's mine. God said, it's mine. Wow. You know, some might be thinking, you know, Caleb, just, uh, just relax. Find a nice little section of land, and why don't you just, why don't you just grow a garden? Let's get some hobbies. Wow. You and Joshua can sit around trading stories about coming into the land, land of Canaan. It's going to be great. We should never have the idea in our head that I've done my time. Now, let's just let the next generation take over. You should never have that in your thought. I've done my time. I've worked my faith. I've had my day. I was in my prime. No, I'm going to tell you, in this season of many of your lives, this is when the finest wine of your faith should be poured out for the generation that's coming up behind you. This is the time for you to invest in a younger generation, not complain about a younger generation, not complain about a younger generation, invest, invest, invest in a younger generation. The finest wine, the faith journey, the things that God has taught you, the mysteries he's revealed to you, the secrets he's given to you, the battles you have won, the battles you lost, but you got back up and you started fighting again. Thank you. Brian, are you just living for the applause of people? No, I'm looking for faith. I'm telling you right now, I'm looking for faith. I'm looking for burning in people's heart. I want to ask you this question tonight. Are you going to be satisfied with being average? Hmm. Do you believe that God is pleased with a half-hearted approach to life? I don't either. 
Are you inspiring those who live around you to live for God and reach their fullest potential in Him? Do you have a different spirit? Do you have a different spirit? Do you have a spirit of faith? Do you have a faith mentality? Are you hungry for bread? Do you have a faith vision? I want to ask you another question. Are you willing to pay the price to rise above mediocrity? It all starts right here, folks, with believing the word of the Lord. That's where it really starts. It starts right there. Will you believe the word of the Lord? Will you have a willing heart and a mind and a desire to change and to readjust, to be retooled, be recalibrated, to take your possession and enter into your territory? He had a different spirit. Caleb had a different spirit. And this is what God said. He's followed me fully, and I'm going to bring him into the land where he went. And his descendants shall inherit it. I'm going to end with this scripture tonight. Proverbs 21, verse 22, in the Passion, it's where we started. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases generational breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. We've got a lot to contend for, don't we, in this hour. We've got a lot to redeem and restore for our own lives for our own families, for the church itself. We have so much to redeem even for the church itself. We have so much to redeem for a nation that is in such utter chaos and darkness. But I've not lost hope. I've not lost hope and I'm not giving up my hope. Because I know what the Lord showed me. That we're going to be part of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit the earth has ever seen. We are going to be part of the greatest revival and awakening that the world has ever known. We're going to be right in the mix of it. We're going to be seeing the people of God being used to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise up the dead. We're going to be right in the middle of the greatest harvest of souls throughout our nation and the nations of the earth. We're going to be right in the mix of it. It's why you're alive. It's why you're alive. It's why you were born. It's why you're here. It's why you're hanging on for dear life with us right now in this little church in Sarasota. It's because this is coming. It's coming. It's coming. And we're entering into it. God's going to keep you young. He's going to keep your fight in you. He's going to build your faith. That's right. That's right. I don't know what it looks like for you, but there has to be a cry in us. God, give me my mountain. God, give me my mountain. I know what Leisha's mountain is. I know where she's going. She's, she's a mighty wise warrior. 
ascending to release a regional breakthrough. Every one of you, listen, I have to remind us, we were created with a warrior spirit. Why? Because you've been raised up to take territory in the natural and in the spirit. I think of the mighty warriors that the two of you have been in this faith fight and this battle. Mighty in God. I've listened to your faith. I've, I've come to your home so many times and sat and listened to your confession of faith. I've listened to you, Chris. I've listened to you, Lois, and I heard the word of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. I am blessed. I will live and not die. I will overcome this. And here you are. I love faith. I love faith people. I love people who believe they're God. Your faith can get weary. Your faith can be shaken. Your faith can be rattled. You let the Holy Ghost raise you back up, speak confidence into your life, raise you up again to run strong. Every one of us have been knocked down, kicked down, mold over. You let God raise you up. You let God stand you up again. You get this word. You get this word in your, in your belly. You, you get this bread. You get this bread in your belly. You get this bread in your mouth and start speaking it and declaring it. Come on, church. You get this bread in you. And you keep declaring it and speaking it. And you watch God bring you into your inheritance. You watch. I want you to stand. I'm going to pray a blessing over you tonight. God is so good. God is so good. Take a hand next to you. God is so good. Jacob, would you come, brother? God is so good. Ha, ha. you, Lord. Faithful God. Say it. God, your, your name is faithful. Your name is true. I believe you, Lord. <laughs> your name is faithful. Your name is true. I believe you, Lord. We believe you, Lord. We believe you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Sharpen the swords of these warriors tonight. May you be clothed in the Lord, girded up in strength, the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. 
your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your shield of faith and your sword of the Spirit. Taking up the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. Come on, lift your swords with those hands. I lift your sword. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfli.com.